Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Fast and belay. Our flag means death. Episode 8. Merman is over but we're just getting started call me pop pop one more time i'm sarah carradine and they're poison trained it's brooklyn said hey hello i've never learned to take a compliment with grace like auntie told me and now grace isn't here uh if you're watching the video version you can see this but if you're only listening to the audio our third crew member grace leader uh drank jackie's brandy um so she's not able to join us this week unfortunately she's no better than a blade of grass but then which of us is we're recapping our flag means death with full spoilers for all of season two because season two is now over Don't, don't be sad because it's over. Be glad because it was here. Watch the series on Max in the US and binge in Australia. Subscribe to the feed so you don't miss a minute of our coverage. Postshowrecaps.com slash Our Flag Means Death. And if you have a moment to rate and review, that makes a huge difference. Let's get to the headline said, what do you say? Of the very last episode of season two already. Stop. Here we are. Let's do it. Stop. Well, we thought he might come back for Steed. We thought he might come back to fight the big bad, Ricky. But Ed came back because he's shit at fishing. <laughs> Shocked by the sight of the ships smoldering in the harbour, Ed dives down, picks up his letters, and he emerges from the sea onto the beach Blackbeard is back. Two British mariners have found one of Steed's love letters in a bottle and are reading it mockingly. After Blackbeard kills them, he reads the letter to himself and he is moved. Steed and Susan, now definitely Zhang, 
are sheltering under the broken bridge, which we saw in the, I think, the very first episode of the season. Yes, yes. Uh, and they bicker about who pulled who to safety, something <laughs> that we did not see. So who knows who's telling the truth? Uh, things have a way of working out, at least for me, Steed says, and that seems to be what we've seen. Um, galvanized by two British sailors attacking them, Zheng sets out to revenge Auntie, saying, I'll go and die all by myself. And Steed runs after her. Zheng and Steed find themselves approaching the beach, pursued by an absurd number of mariners. They find Blackbeard also fighting an absurd number of mariners. Steed and Ed run together as in Steed's dream. Ed says, I'm sorry, I was such a dick. And Steed replies, life's a dick. Blackbeard and Zhang bond over their admiration of each other's swordplay. The English have colonized Jackie's tavern. It's what they do best. Prince Ricky is very pleased with himself. He asks Jackie for his nose back. Ricky isn't worried about being poisoned because he has the Swede trussed up and tasting his wine. Ricky visits the crew of the Revenge in the tavern's dungeon. They'll be hung in a few moments and grammar nerds will note that he deliberately uses the word for hanging used for animals. Animals are hung, humans are hanged. He tells them all your stories will be lost for the ages. Well, not if David Jenkins has anything to say about mm -hmm. it. Izzy speaks back to Ricky, your Pinocchio, or rather your Pinocchio. <laughs> Ricky pulls Izzy out of the dungeon to have a drink with him. Izzy schools Ricky about what piracy actually is. Zed, take us all to church. It's not about glory. It's not about getting what you want. It's about belonging to something when the world has told you you are nothing. It's about finding the family to kill for when yours are long dead. It's about letting go of ego for something larger. The crew. Kill me. Kill us all. Our spirit will last throughout your entire effing empire because we're good and you are a rancid, syphilitic um, C word that is perfectly okay in Australian vernacular but frowned upon by Americans. I'm not going to say it. You know what the word is. We do. Thank you. That was, that was as moving as when Con did it. <laughs> Oh, I have a, do have a tear in my eye. David Jenkins, if you're watching, yeah. they're, available. they're available. Jackie demands the good stuff from Roach behind the bar and he brings a sinister bottle down from the top shelf. I wonder what it could be. In the dungeon, the crew try to bend the bars to escape. We find that Auntie is very wounded. Olawande and Jim tend to her. Olawande screams as Auntie squeezes his hand. She gives her blessing for his and Jeng's relationship when he notes that softness is required. Blackbeard, Steed, and Zheng run into the tavern in time to see the crew has escaped and all the key, uh, colonizers keeling over, foaming at the mouth. Jackie has poisoned them. And, and Steed says, oh, is this, uh, are, we, are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zheng wants to kill Ricky, but Auntie wants to kill Ricky. Oluwande reminds her to be soft, and Auntie tells Zheng, good job, I am proud of you. Oh, not a dry seat in the house. 
Steed outlines the plan to escape using Ricky as a royal hostage. We all live to fight another day, or it's a suicide mission, but it's only suicide if we die. True. They strip the dead sailors and dress up. They force Ricky to order the mariners in their way to return to their ships. But Ricky yells, they're pirates, and shoots Izzy. There's lots of slow motion killing as our friends run for the boats. On the deck of the Revenge, Ed tends to the dying Izzy. I fed your darkness, he tells Ed. I needed him. Blackbeard, he was awesome. But now he sees Eddie surrounded by family. They love you. He dies in Ed's arms. The crew bury Izzy on land as all pirates want. Zheng thinks the three of them would be good together. Well, two of them plus Steed <laughs> kick a lot of ass. She proposes that they team up to take revenge on Ricky. Back on the deck of the revenge, the whole crew officiates the marriage of Black Pete and Lucius and declares they are now officially mateys. The crew get the revenge moving. Roach uses a spyglass. Fang is at the wheel. Frenchie calls for the anchor to be hoist. Archie and Lucius turn the turning thing. Black Pete <laughs> strolls around the deck. Jim shimmies up the rigging. Susan and Alawande are cuddling. Wee John is sewing. Frenchie calls orders. Auntie raises the jib. Jackie and the Swede take their leisure on the foredeck. Plot twist. Back on land, Ed and Steed watch the revenge sail away. They're going to be innkeepers. Give it a go. The camera lingers as Buttons the seagull lands on Izzy's grave. I think I recalled the return of Buttons as a seagull at the very beginning when he flew away. Uh, Nina Simone sings her slow, emotive version of The Times They Are a Changing. This episode was directed by Fernando Frias, written by David Jenkins and John Mahone. Oh! Said, I've just received a message in a bottle. It's from our crewmate, Grace Leader. What does it say? If you're watching on YouTube, please don't give me away. It was a letter in a bottle, truly. She says, the finale was incredibly moving and beautiful. I am glad we didn't lose Susan, but gutted to lose Izzy. The use of the times they are changing to represent a show that uses a typically masculine perceived thing such as piracy to end the second series of this beautiful queer love story is such a brilliant choice. The theme of being the person you want to be versus the person you think you need to be was such a tremendously powerful one this season. Thank you, Grace, for, for saying that. Uh, I think we both certainly agree. Um, and hopefully our crew will be able to reunite and talk about this all together at some point now that the whole season is out. Um, boy, it's so, like, where do we start, Sarah? It, it, it's hard. I mean, I watched it twice. I sobbed all the way through us talking about it. I have literally been dabbing my eyes glad I could get through it without without shedding a tear this the theme that Grace so wonderfully encapsulates the theme of transformation that I've been banging on about all season is so integrated and so 
truthful and so emotional and in the middle of that plus a very dark I mean we see a lot of killings all the way through the season but we see a lot of people actually being killed uh we don't like the people but you know they are actually being stabbed and and garroted and and Jim flinging daggers at them from up in a tree mm-hmm. and yet it's still funny and charming with with moments that you know you you do laugh because they're they're, they're He's, he can't help but be funny. They can't help. Because they're but be cosplaying funny. as the Navy, uh, and not particularly Navy. well. They're all just Terrible. kind of running and laughing as they're making yes. their escape. But Black Pete's taken the sleeves out of his jacket because <laughs> you know he always is sleeveless. Of course. So I, I think there's a kind of perfection here to this end. Uh, last week I called that a major character would die, so I'm I'm sorry. It's my fault that Izzy's dead. But Izzy's the perfect person to die. Perhaps we'll start there. Why, first of all, was it necessary that a major character die? I, I think so. Um, but mostly why is it Izzy? Yeah, uh, I think in contrast to what essentially turns out to be the fake-out, of Lucius's death of the first season that is immediately negated at the start of season two. Um, it, the, all season, I have felt like they've upped the stakes uh, in the darker tone that the show has taken. And I think we really see that here with Izzy, that there are consequences, that they are permanent, first in the loss of his leg and then in the loss of his life. Um you know, we talked about it earlier in in the podcast coverage that Con O'Neill has been like such a star of this season. Um, not that he wasn't before, but I feel like the show really chose to give him such an important part of the story arc this time around. Uh, and the show is better for it. You know, this man is like, give him all the Emmys. He is acting his face off left and right and it is just such a joy to get to watch um even as it is you know so heartbreaking to watch which is just a testament to to his skill and i think in terms of you know this transformation we keep talking about it may be that in order for ed to keep growing and I think fundamentally this show is Ed's story, even if we started with it being Steed's story. Um, Ed needs to move on from from the Izzy time in his life, it kind of seems like. And he was never going to just let go. And this is this is the answer when you get to write the story. Yes, I mean, all the way through we've this season, we've had... Izzy moments, big and small, but some small moments of I see why I see you why you should be together now. Um, the bonding of we both loved him, which was a such a quiet confession, but such a powerful confession. And his recognition here as he dies that he he made Blackbeard, which we've also seen because Steed says to him earlier in the season. Ed said, you taught him everything that he knows and will you teach me? And that is a moment of pride for Izzy, but it's also Izzy made Blackbeard because he needed Blackbeard. And he dies, not by his own choice, 
but he dies to release Blackbeard to be Ed or Edbeard or <laughs> Black Eddie or something, and yeah. that he calls him Eddie surrounded by family, uh, surrounded by love is incredible. So do you think this is why Izzy gets that fantastic speech in the tavern and that he says it to Ricky? Yeah, you know, we, he's had lots of these like beautiful shining moments throughout the season, singing La Vie on Rose last week. Um, I can't remember exactly what we called out in the first trio of episodes, but I know there were some really great, easy, specific moments then when I initially acknowledged, you know, what we were getting from Con O'Neill this season. Uh, and it is, you know, the showrunners knew that this is how the season would end. And so they gave us lots of beautiful time with Izzy this season in the meantime. And I'm so glad, Sarah, that you wrote down that whole speech because I meant to do it as well. I wrote the time code and then never got back to it. Um, <laughs> But what an incredible piece of writing and what a really great testament. You know, we've talked about how piracy is in many ways a metaphor for queerness and transness. Grace has spoken about that really beautifully in the past weeks. Uh, and I thought that speech in particular was was exactly that. While Izzy is talking about piracy, certainly what fans of the show and queer fans of the show who have found a community in the fandom of the show as well as other places in their lives uh, can certainly read that speech as being about your chosen family as a queer and or trans person. Uh, and so I thought it was very, very special to get to spend that time with Izzy right before we lose him and for him to acknowledge in a way that he hasn't before, you know, he's like, Oh, feelings are stupid. We're pirates. We're going to do this. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and he has, you know, made his transformation into someone who sees what Ed values in this group of weirdos uh, and how they have made Ed a better person and how that has helped Izzy become a better person and still true to himself. You know, he gets shot and he says, you know, F off, I'm fine as he's hobbling away. Um, but, but he is, he is changed by these people as, as we all are by, by literally this show, but also by our own chosen families. Yes, I mean, you could imagine this speech in many mouths of of characters of the sure. season, but it has to be Izzy because he has come the furthest. Uh, even Blackbeard Ed hasn't come as far as from the darkness to this realisation and that he says it to Ricky, the last person in the world who's going to understand it. <laughs> And that he says it, oh, God, Con O'Neill is such a great actor. <laughs> that he says it in this filthy tavern surrounded by colonisers with his crew in the dungeon, uh, his captain missing somewhere he doesn't know, off to be a, a fisherman. And the beauty of that moment in the candlelight is, is something so that... When Ricky shoots Izzy, not only are we shocked, horrified and angry, but it's also like that's Ricky's answer to Izzy's statement and that is the haters' argument to any statement of community, of queer community, trans community, acceptance uh, and their inability to allow not only themselves but anybody else to have that 
that sense of family. And we have a few flash. There's been flashback work all the way through this season, but this it's it's almost like it's been preparing the ground for a an image in the middle of this speech, which is simply the crew all together on the deck of the ship, relaxing, nothing happening, just being. And that was, you know, the use of image to convey emotion is something that both the seasons of this magnificent show, have we mentioned that we like it? Um, It uses images and juxtaposition of images very cleverly, sometimes for comedic uh, effect and sometimes here for emotional effect. Yeah, uh, I think particularly to convey without words the trauma that people go through at various times. We see it right at the start of the season with Ed remembering, you know, the trauma of killing his father. We see it with Steed having um, killed our our bad guy last week we see it with the whole crew and what they've gone through in their various ransacking of ships under blackbeard at the start of the season um and we see it with zheng in the the attack from the previous week and just having escaped and i think not knowing yet if auntie is okay because they're not in the same place uh and what you know what what does survival cost um, when you are in a group of people that you care about so much. And in that speech that we have talked about uh, endlessly at this point, but could also do an entire, you know, I could write a paper about it. We could talk about it forever. Um, you know, Izzy says, fine, kill me, kill all of us. But but like, you cannot kill the idea of us and what we stand for and and the ways that we are changing the world will continue. And, you know, they don't aggrandize it that much in the way that he says it, but it certainly feels to me as a person living in the United States at this point in time when there is so much, you know, legislation towards queer and trans people and trying to regulate what we can and cannot do is, is this very defiant idea of, you know, you cannot legislate us out of existence. You cannot. And so in the world of piracy, you cannot murder us out of existence. That's just not what we stand for and who we are is too persistent to be disappeared by a, a simple act of, of violence. Yes, and it's the answer to Ricky's statement in the dungeon, your stories will be lost to the ages. Uh, no, 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 they won't. Not if anybody has anything to say about it. <laughs> yes. As so many people yes. do. Yes, uh, absolutely. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So... The ending here, let's start at the ending. Well, we start, we started long ago. We started half an hour ago. Continue at the ending. Continue at the ending. The separation of Ed and Steed from the rest of the crew, now reunited, now miraculously. I don't think they've been miraculously cured of their PTSD, but they're living within a loving family that might help them deal with it if one may extrapolate, uh, what what do we make of this? Why must Ed and Steed stay ashore while everybody else that we know and love is on the ship? Yeah, so this was something I was thinking about, especially in my second watching of the episode just recently, um, is, is trying to reflect back on the parallels of the first season structurally because it feels like there have been a lot of them uh, from the initial appearance of Blackbeard at the end of episode three to the official like reunion of Ed and Seed at the end of episode three this season or even just within season two, the callback to that dream at the very beginning and the reunion on the beach Um And so what does that mean for what might happen at the start of next season? And do we go three episodes before Ed and Steed reunite with the crew? It feels like that could be kind of where we're at if they're interested in keeping that parallel structure going. Um, But I also wonder about, you know, we talked about Ed throwing his leathers into the ocean because that guy can't be the guy who loves Ed or who loves Steed that's Blackbeard and Blackbeard's a different guy but then we get this incredible image that's like one of my favorite things I've seen on television of Blackbeard first of all magically finding wherever he threw his stuff in the ocean sure whatever it's a comedy whatever um but the emergence from the and I as soon as he dove in I was like oh he's gonna come out fully clothed in the leathers and it's gonna be so cool and it absolutely was and like the reflection shining off of the wet sand is so neat And it's like, oh, he's back in full force at full power doing the thing that he's good at because he's shit at fishing. Uh, And so what does it mean that he has returned to that identity but is staying with Steed? You know, it is this melding of these two people that he has been that have felt so at odds with each other. And, you know, you said, is it is it Ed Beard? Is it is it Black Eddie? Like, who who is this person? Because it does feel like he has spent a lot of a time exploring, you know, what what what, you know, what pirate gender am I like, which yes. as as so much of this is figuring out performances of masculinity or piracy or whatever else. Uh, what is the version who's going to run this, you know, quote unquote, in where there, uh-huh. it seems like there's no one ever coming this to shit there? I don't know. <laughs> um, that's what I'm most curious about seeing in in the third season is like, who is who is that guy going to be? This integration narrative, I think we see it in a greater or lesser extent with other characters, but most 
notably with uh, Ed Blackbeard, and certainly you'll notice we either deliberately or or unconsciously switch between Ed and Blackbeard depending on what what he's presenting at the time Mm -hmm. in the same way that uh, Susan becomes fully Zheng. She was Zheng. She became Susan because she saw Alawanda and then she has now integrated Susan and Zheng. So we see them cuddling. They're the there, there are two. There are four people not working on this ship. She's one of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I like this idea of he cast off Blackbeard, but that Blackbeard's an important part of his self. You know, piracy is not binary. It can be both, and he looks really good in the letters. He looks really good. And sometimes his family needs him to be Blackbeard to protect them. And sometimes his family needs him to be Ed to love and nurture them and let them go their own way. So I think you're right. I hadn't thought of it before you said it, but the whole sweep of these two seasons is the story of Blackbeard more so than anyone else. I think, although Izzy does go through a transformation, he doesn't survive the integration. Mm-hmm. He just can't get there. He can see it, he can sense it, he can acknowledge it, but he can't get there, and so he dies. David Jenkins, what are you doing to us? Yeah. It's a comedy, everybody, by the way. These are half-hour comedy. Ep- this episode was 27 minutes, including an extensive credit sequence. Yeah. Um, I mean, not to get all academic about it, but to get all academic about it, identities are not fixed. And and this show is certainly an exploration in try something out, question it, choose something different, and then maybe go back to the first thing. That's okay. Um, Something that I am a big advocate of, and I feel like a lot of trans people are, is everybody should question their gender and maybe the answer is nope yep this is right uh but but think about it rather than just you know accepting whatever it is you've been told you have to be and I feel like I see that with Blackbeard slash Ed is he was like well this is what a pirate is so this is what I have to be because I'm a pirate and then he says well no what if I'm not that what if I'm this other version what if i am this gentleman pirate version of being a pirate and he's like uh no that's not for me um and then he is the you know the the dusty orphan version of a pirate for a little bit not necessarily out of choice but it is another thing that he is trying on uh if if all gender is drag which i believe that it is then you know we're all trying on different versions of how we want to perform ourselves all the time and he ends up back at what seems to be a very close place to where he started, but having learned so much about himself that the fact that it is an active choice rather than something that society has told him he has to be makes it a completely different thing. Yes, Professor. (laughs) Thank you for coming to my TED Talk about gender on our Art Black Sing out, Louise. Yes, absolutely. And there are, there are, reflections and shadows and duplicates of this all the way through to a greater or lesser extent. I mean, we can talk about some of the couplings up. I mean, our flag means death still does want you to love someone. 
Uh, it's just, you know, it could be any one or indeed any two or three, depending. We have a marriage. And one of the things is, you know, comedies always end in a marriage. If you look at all operas, <laughs> all comedies, all there must be a marriage. And I love this choice that each of the crew members kind of blessed, not kind of blessed, did bless their union by asking them to uh, protect each other and love each other. And then Roach would like them to slash each other's faces and they decide perhaps that's one tradition they won't partake of. Or I guess if you just want to kiss instead, fine. <sighs> okay. So I'm boring, we... but okay. <laughs> I mean, there's someone who's been through a transformation, Lucius, a bright young cocky, shrewd, knew all about love, boy, really, in season one and went through the transformation of a, you know, a theoretical death, an emblematic death, and the horrors that he saw consumed him and he was not able to get himself out of it. But through the love of a good man, he, he managed to come around. Still got the beard, still got the beard, uh, which is intriguing. And during this joyous moment, we see uh, Jim and Archie kiss, which we've seen before, but it seems very lived in, very much all right. Mm -hmm. They're now something. They're now something. Uh, and the fact that Alawande and Jing are also clearly together and that's not a problem for anybody. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes. Jealousy is a capitalist construct and it's a straight construct. And the reason it's a capitalist construct is now welcome to my TED talk is because marriage is a transaction. It's a material transaction. And the, the reason that of you, ownership. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason you shouldn't be off, you know, having sex with or enjoying anybody you like is the money needs to go not down productive. in the bloodline. Exactly. So therefore, let's construct jealousy so that I now prevent you from going off and enjoying someone else or uh, the, my fear of your jealous rage prevents me from going off and enjoying some, someone else. So everybody, let's, let's get rid of embarrassment. It doesn't help anybody. Let's get rid of shame unless you've actually done something wrong, in which case do something about it. And let's get rid of jealousy. I know it's scary, but guess what? The world is pretty effing scary so let's just go to the scary it does suit my dark nature but also I think that one of the reasons that I resonate I can't believe I just saw our flag means death oh there's this pirate show oh Zed Grace do you want to talk about a pirate show and we went yeah yeah let's talk about a pirate show yeah you said and a pirate show I said I'm in you said take a YTT I said yep done yep uh, and then surprise it was really gay and then surprise surprise it was really really good yes yes so i mean we are drawing these these thoughts from it we're looking at it because we want to talk to you all about it i mean we probably would think this deeply about it i would think but we also especially think deeply because we want to you know tell you what we think because we've got the microphones you've got the earbuds but rest assured you can just watch it as a pirate I comedy you can just watch it and enjoy with it. some kissing, you know, it's fine. It's fine. You can't relate. <laughs> I've been sitting on my hands for three days, knowing what happens at the end of the season and not being able to talk to anybody about it. It's been so <laughs> difficult. 
I, I just said one word time really being in the position of, of knowing what's going to happen before the general public and for mm -hmm. a show that I care about so much that so many people care about where I think that this finale episode is so powerful um, but also has a really huge spoiler in it. Yes. Um, it's been so hard to not get to talk about it for, for a few days. So I'm very grateful that we have the opportunity to do that now. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we don't even speak to each other on the thread, on the, on the chat because we want to save it for the podcast. Yeah. Cause we're, and we're not all watching at the same time. So we don't mm -hmm. want to spoil each other before we're able to talk about it together. True. So I just sent been... one word, which was sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> But that could that wasn't a spoiler. I mean, you could have you could have picked that that was going to happen. I have talked often about Gypsy Taylor throughout the mm. um, chat about this season, and you know, such simple small things that she does in that the uniforms of the British Navy, even while worn by the British Navy, are not clean. Simple something really simple but I always notice that I always notice that in period dramas when the skirts of the women are pristinely clean when in fact the the end of the skirt should be absolutely filthy if you're mm -hmm. walking in the street not if you're staying at home of course uh I one of my criticisms of a not very good crime drama dramatization of the Dark times in the 20s and 30s where women run the ran the underground in uh, Sydney and a miniseries was made about it and I was very excited, but in fact it was all about men and all the sex workers had brand new, perfectly clean teddies and chemises and petticoats on. And I thought, you fucking idiots. Uh, so <laughs> drive, drive by shade. <laughs> on you know what if you've seen the thing I'm talking about but here I praise Gypsy Taylor in in big and in small that they're they're grubby which they would be even Prince Ricky his wonderful tied scarfy thing around his neck it's called something it's called a foulard that is grubby because they're on a ship and they're not they don't have the laundry services of the red flag mm -hmm. and they've been on the uh in the Republic of Pirates for a while, clearly. So they certainly are not living their their typical standard lives at the moment. Uh, the, I always notice that sort of thing when I'm watching theater and I look at the bottom of the shoes to see if the shoes have ever been worn outside or if yes. they only exist in this theater. Um, yes, because those they sort have of the details only really matter to, you know, <laughs> nerds like us. But nerds if like they us, matter, yes. they matter a lot. Um, yeah, this show has such incredible attention to detail of course as you would expect from something with this level of production value but there are also these beautiful sweeping shots of all of the pirate ships out on the sea or you know the beautiful nature of New Zealand where the show was filmed for the second season um, I feel like they got to do a lot more like actually outside versus LA sound stages where so much of the first season was shot um, and just like a wealth of of actors being brought onto the screen to audiences that are not familiar with them is really special. Uh, and there is, we've talked so much about the the big picture of the ensemble of the show and then these great intimate moments that we have between just like two people at a time. Uh, and I hope 
in the third season that we do get a bit more of like crew stories kind of like i felt like we had more of those in season one I, um, I, yes i agree with you i, I praised the show a lot three. at the start of season two uh because i felt like we checked in with everybody we had new people and we still spent time with all of our old friends but then it kind of felt like after those first three episodes it was very much the push and pull of ed and steed and are they going to make it are they not going to make it and what are they facing at any given moment with like cool touches in the background jim's always climbing something and throwing things and we love to see that uh but i would also love to spend much more time with them in general um, and so I wonder if at the start of season three, if my prediction is correct, that they are separate from Ed and Steed for the first three episodes, that maybe we will get some more, get to spend some more time doing crew antics like the, you know, like the pyramid scheme that happens during the French party episode or Jim and Olawande's trip to see their family those kinds of things I would love to get to see more of in season three. I missed them a little bit here. Yes, I think, you know, time was given to Izzy. Uh, and we're very can't complain. for it. Cannot, cannot complain. Absolutely cannot complain. But uh, the scammers of the pyramid scheme were selling planks in the uh, tavern when, Indeed. when they were Steve like, oh, was in his Are we back? Biggest. We're back. Yes, we're back. I, I think that part of the richness of the show is that things are happening in the corners that each of the characters, with these wonderful actors, each of the characters is completely alive. So anywhere you look uh, in, a, in a screen, in a shot, uh, you will see them, you know, living fully. Uh, Calypso's birthday, we yeah. saw, as we said, we saw them all dressed as they would have been dressed with things they could have found on the ship, which is the thing that drives me mad on, you know, in theatres and places where people have dress-ups. You go, where did you get that? Not that I want realism. But then when you get something like Calypso's birthday where they are dressed in things they would have found, things they would have found on the ship, including the glorious gown that (laughs) we John wears. But I go, yeah, they, they were looting ships. We've seen them. They certainly looted that wedding, which was very traumatic for for some of them, and presumably a dress could have come from there. So, uh, yes, I'm with you. Let's muse about season three. Screen Rant says there's no release date yet, as we know, because we would know. Uh, If renewed, I didn't like the sound of the if there, it could arrive as early as late 2024. The sub-editor needed to get in there and change that. As early as late 2024 or realistically 2025, production hasn't started, uh, which is not surprising. The actors are still on strike and the writers have been on strike. So uh, David Jenkinson's has been clear that the fate of the show rests on viewing figures for the second season. So please watch it, watch it again, and then just set your your thingy to watch it while you go about and do other things. <laughs> Tell everyone to watch it. Yeah, one thing I do want to say about this while we are, you know, brushing on the topic of the strikes is that while the media is still happening because a lot of studios have, you know, content in the chamber to be released over time, uh, numbers are down across the board on what is being on what is being watched because people who have worked on those projects can't go promote them. Um, It's a little better now that writers can. And I can't remember if Grace shared on the podcast itself or just with us when we were chatting that at 
TIFF at the Toronto International Film Festival, a lot of the Q&As were very director heavy because they couldn't have the actors there. And I think at the time, maybe still not the writers either. Uh, so there is just a lot less press ability to promote these projects. So less people are watching them. Um, it's almost like having the actors is a valuable part of your project because uh, AI can't promote your show on a talk show for you. Um, but, but that being said, uh, it was also about a year and a half between season one and season two without the strike. So given that the writers were on strike for almost half the year and actors have now been on strike for over a hundred days, there is certainly going to be production delay in a season three if we get it. Um, if we don't, Sarah, you know, knock on all the wooden yes, planks. That's something um, I wanted to discuss. How do you, yeah, how do you feel about this moment as the finale of the show, if that's what it has to be? If that's what it has to be, I, I mean, I'll never be satisfied. But I, I find it to be a beautiful ending in a way that the end of season one was a wrenching ending yeah. of everybody being torn apart, half the crew on a deserted island. Where Izzy left them? I mean, imagine Izzy, Izzy, Izzy makes them castaways on a deserted island at the end of season one. And by the end of season two, he has visions in his mind of them and calls them a family who loves Ed. So he's come a long way. So here, if it's the crew all assembled, plus Auntie, who we love, and Jeng, who we love, and Jackie's now left the tavern and she and the Swede are on the foredeck being, being uh, attended to, that is a happy place in a way. And Ed and Steed are together, which we like because they spend a lot of both seasons not being together with a smelly shack uh, which smells of the future according to Steed so I would be sad not to have season three but I would feel a greater satisfaction with the story if we ended here as opposed to at the end of season one how about you yeah I agree I think this ending leaves a lot of room for possibility. And I, I think you said last week that David Jenkins has intended a three season arc for the show. Um, and as I said, great. If you know it's three seasons, then do your three seasons and you don't have to keep going just for the sake of oh, capitalism. God, yes. um, but if this were to be the end, as, as many projects fall victim to these strikes, which is part of, you know, that's why they're powerful. That's why they work is because they have impacts, both positive and negative. Um, I feel like we got a lot of resolution here. Um, you know, we can imagine a lot of what could happen for these characters, but I don't feel like we are left you know, wondering on a cliffhanger what nothing feels like, oh, but I don't know if this person's okay. Um, everybody we care about is okay or is Izzy buried in front of Eden uh, and Steed's new home. Um, so that is a, a thing I could live with and like take comfort in, even if, of course, I want more. We'll all always want more. Um, 
And so so better to die a hero than become the villain. And if it's <laughs> two seasons of hero instead of three seasons of hero, you know, I, it's a very wonderful two seasons to have. Uh, I, I, of course, want our season three. Um, and I, this yes. is just so poignant that, like, it, it would be okay. It's going to be hard to to improve on on where we're at right now, I think. I mean, the fact that Izzy's grave is by the quote-unquote tavern, the, the shit shack that Ed and Cedar is perfect. It's like they have him with them as we do all our dead mm -hmm. uh, with us. Uh, and, there, yes, there is a resolution there. However, the clever thing is we have a separation, a separation we would be happy to go, well, it's it's uh, they'll all miss each other, but it's okay. But we have a separation and we still have a big bad who has not been defeated, the noseless Prince Ricky, who, oh, it's so brilliant, in the first episode was set up as a snivelling little weaselly nasty little coward that we thought we'd never see again. <laughs> Oh, no, says David Jenkins. Those kind are the government. Those kind are the politician. Those kind find their way into places of power to make up for their tiny, tiny ability to love and be loved. And now he really is the big bad and he is the undefeated big bad by the end of uh, this season. So if there is to be a third season, I'm assuming we get our revenge on Prince Ricky along the way to reuniting. We might see some innkeeper behaviour. Jeffrey the innkeeper <laughs> might Jeff's pop out. In. Yeah. Jeff's in, uh, where he has to deal with people. <laughs> yeah, his, his bar and inn and sundries or whatever it was called in season yes. one. Yes, he, he now, the gift shop. Bed and breakfast and other things. And other things. And you have to go to the gift shop and buy things. Uh, that would be very fun to see. But some kind of sailing off into the sunset on the revenge, one would imagine, would be how that would end. We've seen a few pirate tropes this season we didn't see in the first season, walking the plank, a wooden leg. Uh, what other piratey things did we not see that we could see in uh, season three, if we get it? Yeah, it's so hard to predict because this show is like so not traditionally pirate in so many ways, in like all the best ways mm -hmm. um, that we have talked about at length. Uh, the only thing I thought about was was an eye patch. I, I don't want to see how we get to an eye patch. I really, really don't. Um, and I would hope it was have... already existing. If yeah, we do yeah, see an eye fine. patch, I hope Walk somebody arrives who's already gone. Yes, <laughs> fully formed. We don't need to talk about it. We don't we need to be there. Yes. Um, and I also thought about, uh, you know, kind of like the myth of Davy Jones's locker. Uh, we've seen people go overboard. I feel like we kind of explored that theme with Ed in the gravy basket this season. But it wasn't referred to as like, you know, being trapped in Davy Jones's locker. So I don't know if we could get something kind of in that mythological sense. I feel like that's another big pirate legend along the lines of Blackbeard and Calico Jack and Mary Reed and Anne Bonny um, on that level of famous that could be an interesting character if Davy Jones were to appear in season three. 
Yes. Yes. Maybe not all tentacly, like in Pirates mm, of the Caribbean. In Pirates of the Caribbean. But, I was, you know. that, that's one of one of the, I mean, not that David Jenkins doesn't care what other people have done because he would do his own. But I think that mythology has been a very strong uh, through line for both seasons. In first season, it was the Kraken that young Ed says he saw a Kraken arise from the sea and he had to kill it. Uh, and that's sort of part of the myth of of the, the sailors, the pirates. It's also the myth of Blackbeard and the his Blackbeard, origin yeah. story. But we also find that, in fact, the Kraken was his father. It was his father who he killed. And as he says, as he is in the bath having a moment, he confesses to Steed, I am the Kraken. Uh, and then we also see a, a hilarious um pantomime kraken being used in the skullduggery uh, action there. And then in this season, the mythology is the mythology of impossible birds, the birds that fly forever and never land, and the transformations into other creatures. And those other creatures could also be just other humans. So I think there'll be another. And mermen. This episode is called Mermen. And we started with the magnificent steed, the mermaid, at the beginning of this season. Exactly. So if it is Davy Jones' locker, it's the the myth of Davy Jones' locker, but also what is what is our each of our yeah, actual Davy Jones' yeah. lockers? Is, 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 yes, yes. All right. Anything else? I think we may have made it to the end for this moment in time. Uh, I have a sense that even even as we await a season three, at some point there will be, you know, continuing coverage from us here. Uh, that is certainly our goal is to bring you further insight if we get the opportunity to do so. And it wouldn't feel right to resolve a season of coverage without our full crew here to talk about it. So hopefully we'll get a moment to catch up with Grace as well and talk through the season as a whole, if nothing else. That would be very nice. So you can consider becoming a post-show recaps patron, get early access to podcasts as well as Patreon-exclusive podcasts. You could sign up at patreon.com slash postshowrecaps or postshowrecaps.com slash Patreon. Any level gets you access to the Discord. Merch is available at higher levels. And if you just want the merch, you can head to the store. PostShowRecaps.com slash store is your place to buy Post Show Recaps merchandise, including T-shirts, mugs, or a hat. You can watch us and other fine Post Show Recaps shows in living color at YouTube.com slash at Post Show Recaps. Indeed. Sid, what have you got going on and where can the people find you? You can find me at Hard Rock Hope, anywhere I am on the internet. Uh, hopefully soon I will get to be screaming about this show publicly, the finale of the season. Uh, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Hard Rock Hope, where I am playing video games and talking about reality TV. Uh, besides that, I'm covering Final Fantasy IX with my dear friend Adam H. right here on Post Show Recaps. And that's about it for me right now. What about you, Sarah? Anyone can follow me at Sarah Carradine on all the things. Every Tuesday, Mari Forth and I bring you a true crime review on Crime Scene. That's S-E-E-N. 
on RHAP Reality TV Rehapops. Over on Silent Podcasts, I'm covering The Amazing Race Celebrity Edition with the icon that is Annabelle Fiddler. Our flag means death may be over, but coming in November here on Post Show Recaps, I'm covering The Buccaneers with Geneva Guadalupe and untangling the twisty threads of A Murder at the End of the World with Latonya Starks. Until we meet again, we wish you fair winds and following seas. For now, we are signing off with an X. Brooklyn Zed, Grace Leader in the form of a seagull, and Sarah Carradine. While we long for the next season, remember, even a single fish scale holds majesty. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.